Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Today, we have a special guest joining us. Her name is Tammy Paper, who is the Manager of Investor Capability at the Financial Markets Authority here in New Zealand. Tammy and her team are focused on ensuring consumers are well-equipped to make good decisions and get fair outcomes from the financial products and services that they use. As a part of this, her team works to understand consumer needs and ensures that these consumer insights are factored into the FMA's regulatory activity. Particular focus for Tammy is understanding the needs of vulnerable consumers and ensuring that these are well considered by the financial industry. It's a huge honor to have her on the show and we're talking all things retirement. So get your pen and paper ready. This is going to be a goodie. This episode was powered by Shopback. Shopback partner with over 1,400 brands such as the iconic Adore Beauty, Kmart and Kohl's to give money back on our customers online shopping. We love using Shopback to buy the things we want and get cashback rewards instantly. There are no strings attached. You get your money withdrawn into your PayPal or bank account after you purchase through their website. Shopback provides discount coupons, promo codes and vouchers for the things you are going to buy anyways. It's literally a win-win. We get access to a whole range of exclusive offers, a wide variety of shops such as fashion, food, services and plenty of others all on one platform which saves our time and quite literally our money jump onto shopback today with the link in our description to see how they can help you shop smarter today we have tammy paper manager of investor capability at the financial markets authority here in new zealand on the show hello tammy welcome to girls that invest Hi, Sonia. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on. Now, let's just jump into all things retirement funds. I remember when I was 16, I got my first job and I set up KiwiSaver, which is a retirement fund here in New Zealand. And I didn't really have any clue how it worked. I just set it up because it was something that my dad told me to do. So I did. Can you take us through some common misconceptions that people have about retirement funds? There's lots of misconceptions, but I think the first, the, the biggest two that I want to touch on is around the idea that retirement, a retirement fund is complex, as you spoke about, you know, touching on with KiwiSaver. The second thing I'm going to touch on is that retirement is only something we need to think about when we get older. So just spend a little bit of time on that complexity question. I myself am a Kiwi who left New Zealand, came back, as I'm sure you can hear from my accent, and had to try and sort out my retirement just shy of my 40th birthday. And I thought the system was so complex. I thought products were complex. This was around the same time as I found myself crying on the floor in a new world because I couldn't find gherkins. So I found the whole experience pretty overwhelming. But this is actually a misconception because in New Zealand, as you said, we have a, we have a KiwiSaver product. And once you cut through the noise, KiwiSaver is an incredible product that is a managed fund similar to many around the world that allows you to make regular contributions um, towards your retirement. It is very simple to set up and a great way to build your wealth. So that's the first thing. It's not as complex as you think it is. The second thing, and, and I know a lot of people have heard this, yeah, it's not for old people. And you know, we've all heard that, that the earlier you start, the better. 
It's true because uh, all retirement funds around the world, including KiwiSaver, work on a compound interest model, which means the sooner you get in, the more you accrue. However, if you get into KiwiSaver or retirement later in life, that's perfectly fine. I've got into it now. It's just you might have to make more adjustments. But retirement savings is great whenever you start. Yeah. And I think we do have an international audience. I think that those misconceptions exist in every country, to be honest. So that's definitely something to take on. Can you take us through maybe the basics of understanding your retirement fund in your own country? So when you first started looking into things, how did that go for you? Uh, as I said, this came about the same time I was looking for gherkins and cried on the and sat down on the floor in the shopper and cried. Um, I must just tell you, gherkins are difficult to find and they're often on the bottom shelf. This is something that would take me two minutes in uh, South Africa, where I came from. It took me 40 minutes for my first trip to the shops. Yeah. So when I started, um, I was lucky and I started my first job. And one of the things that um, was made available is the KiwiSaver scheme. Now, KiwiSaver would be familiar under different names in different countries, retirement fund, pension fund, all these names, but, but it's sort of a similar setup. And how I went about understanding it was when I when I got my information about you're going to join KiwiSaver, I spent some time researching it because in New Zealand, you can be defaulted into a Kiwi fund provider. And I wanted to make an active choice about it. So when I got my key, when I became a member of KiwiSaver, I had a look at how much I was earning, how much um, I was contributing, because you can contribute at different rates. And I was hoping and praying to retire at 65. I know fabulous people here want to retire at 40. I'm already 40. It's not going to happen for me. So living in the real world for me. Then what I did was I went onto the sorted calculator. Shout out to the sorted calculators. Where I took those variables and I entered them and I got an idea of what my balance at retirement. So this gave me a good starting point. So that's really sort of touching on how I got, how I made this journey. Now, the nice thing in New Zealand, and I know that this is similar in other countries, is your KiwiSaver provider provides you with an annual statement. You get your annual KiwiSaver statement, and many people here, if you're in KiwiSaver, they tend to ship out sort of end of May for the end of the financial year, 31st March. And your KiwiSaver statement, which would be similar in other countries to pension and retirement fund, they provide you some really vital information. The first thing it does, which it only started doing in the last two years, was it gives you your projected balance at retirement. And it gives you how much that will translate to in weekly payments. So you can really start getting that ease of idea of, of where you're heading. It also provides you with fees. So how much are you paying to be in this fund? And when you look at the fees, are you feeling comfortable that, that you know, you're getting what you perceive to be value for money? It also gives you an overview of money in. So this is your contributions. And in New Zealand, we got a really cool thing that you get a government contribution if you contribute $20 a week. It shows your government contribution. And then we've got what we call money out. So money out would be fees that you've paid or any withdrawals that you've made. So it gives you that information. And then on top of it, it also gives you an overview of your personal information, things like your tax rate, you know, has your name changed? It's very important to check those things are right. And if you're unsure about tax rate, like I was, I'm not a tax specialist. Please look at the tax IRD in New Zealand to get an idea for you. So yeah, that's that's the amazing information that you get from your KiwiSaver statement. I think Sorted is such a great tool and these free calculators that are available online, honestly, you don't have to do any of 
the math for yourself. I'm not a numbers gal, which is surprising to a few people. There'll be, as Tammy said, there'll be calculators that are specific to your country and your country's retirement fund. Um, You can just do a quick Google search, like you could go pension calculator or your 401k calculator. But just going back to the statements in general, I like I'm just thinking about the conversations that I've had with my friends um, and family. Those statements aren't something that we check every year. Why do you why do you think we don't actually open our KiwiSaver statements? Because we're human. I think I, I don't know. Let's start by asking this. Sonia, have you ever been faced with something that you look at this and you just go, you know, I can't be asked to deal with this? Whether it's an email, old traditional letter, DM from a friend, you've looked at this, you just, I can't be asked to deal with the drama <laughs> lava right now. Absolutely. All the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me personally, my drama llama is the is the bathroom scale, but that's another conversation altogether. But this sort of behavior is also common when we look at um, our finances, our relationship with our finances and behavioral economics describes this desire to avoid bad financial information as the ostrich effect. So basically we get this KiwiSaver balance. We've already put it into our minds that we're on the wrong track. So instead of facing, instead of actually knowing what track you're on to avoid the potential pain and shame which we're hardwired to do we put those envelopes away and we pretend we haven't seen them and therefore if we don't act on it we don't know and we can just carry on in blissful ignorance the problem is is that it compounds so the sooner you open your statement and you have a look on your statement where you're at you spend time on the sorted calculators having a look at where you are in your retirement journey the sooner you do that, you'll find if you need to make any changes, they are they are smaller changes. Then if you ignore, 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 and it becomes a cumulative effect. So I think what we need to do is when those statements need are, are arriving, instead of looking at it going, I can't be asked to deal, which is a completely normal human reaction, is to reframe it, to say, you know what this is? This is a roadmap of my journey. This reflects how far I've come and I have come some distance. And this is just one part of understanding my my well-being going forward. And for a woman, there is no bigger boss move than knowing your situation and knowing where you're at. So I want us to reframe that. I think for like a lot of things, we put things in the too hard basket. And then it's been like a few years and we haven't checked our statements. Even when you first start tracking like your money um, or like start shifting your money mindset, I think it's an extremely uncomfortable thing to do to like sit down and just look at your finances and everything that you've spent and where you're at. But it's quite rewarding. And I like to think of it like as a skill that you developed and it's an ongoing yeah learning process so I love that you mentioned the behavioral side of things as well a lot of people believe that you know there's a country standard of of what your retirement fund should look like and that's just what they stick to um so the default kiwi saver but you took the time to be a little bit more active in that decision making what were some questions that you asked yourself when you were making that decision because that helps with you know goal setting Okay, so the very first question I asked is, what the heck is KiwiSaver? (laughs) Remember, great place to start. Remember, I came from overseas and all I heard was KiwiSaver, KiwiSaver. What is KiwiSaver? And this is a a product I I thought I was not familiar with, but when I spent some time looking at it, it did have aspects that were familiar. Other questions that I asked was, 
obviously, what is the goal of this? So I know that it's I know that it is saving for retirement for me. But KiwiSaver's got a fantastic mechanism for first home buyers that you can draw down on your KiwiSaver for your first home. So for me, it was clearly I was putting money in my KiwiSaver uh, for retirement. Then what I did was the next question I asked was I said, okay, realistically, how far do I have to go to retirement? And the answer was, you know, reflective of how far I have. And so I looked at that and I said, okay, I've got so many years. Um what type of fund would 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 suit that? And, and traditional knowledge, and it's always best to get financial advice, would say, if you've got one to five years, you're better in a more conservative fund. Uh, five to 10 years, uh, you are sort of more in a balanced fund. And obviously, 10 years plus more in an aggressive fund. So when I looked at that, I knew that I was better in a more aggressive fund because luckily I still have a bit of more than 10 years to retirement. Um, I then also asked myself, uh, what KiwiSaver aligns with my personal ethics? And this was very important to me because I have very strong values in my ethics space, uh, my investing space. So I asked questions around that. So, and then I asked, what would a good retirement look like in New Zealand? And Sonia, I don't know about you, but that seems to be a real, mm. if you have the answer to that, share the unicorn, spill the tea, because for me, it's as long as a piece of string. <laughs> That's probably one of the reasons why people kind of put it off or are scared to look at it. Because I guess when you're younger, when you're in your 20s, like I literally just set it up because my dad was like, please set it up. And I was like, okay. Um, I didn't really think twice about it, but you can't conceptualize the idea of being 65 one day and then having to like worry about it. So yeah, no, I definitely get where you're coming from. And, and I think that's a very important, a very important point to make because you, you sort of, you sort of hit, hit 40 and you sort of, one of the big things you've heard of the midlife crisis, you start questioning your own mortality and we are hardwired as humans. It's a survival thing to focus very much on the present. So you the concept of retirement is very far down the road. So my way of creating for my retirement was to set shorter and medium term goals and then to just be contributing to my retirement on the side. Because if all I have to do is contribute to my retirement, even at my age, it still feels miles away. But what I've done is I've got, you know, my savings to go on holiday. So that's short term. So I'm putting in there. And then I've got some medium term savings that I want to, uh, uh, medium term investing that I want to do something else with. And I've got another set that's a little bit more long term. And then at the end of it, I have my KiwiSaver at retirement. So having those goals in between are really powerful for us to work towards retirement. But yeah, I agree. If you're if you're like 25 and the only thing you're looking at is retirement, then that's a long trip. You know, that's a long trip. Um, break it up, have those smaller goals. I think that's such a good way of looking at it as well. It really puts everything into perspective and like makes it less overwhelming. So thank you for that. Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. We've set up our KiwiSavers, it's ticking along, maybe it's been a year, two years, and we're not, you know, hiding away from those KiwiSaver statements. How do we do hygiene checks with our retirement fund? The starting point for your hygiene check is 
is I always assign it to sort of a medical checkup for my my money. And I do it once a year with my annual statement. I know with KiwiSaver balances being available online at the moment, we tend to see those balances go up and down in the short term. And I know that's not really the conversation topic today. We can see those balances shift up and down and we can have knee-jerk reactions to that. That's why I look at mine once a year because, you know, you're going through this investing cycle. So when you have that hygiene check, it's important to look at things like, am I in the correct fund? All right. Perhaps before you ask yourself, am I in the correct fund? Let's ask, am I with the correct provider? Am I with a provider who I feel is delivering what I'm expecting? Does this provider align with my personal values? Am I getting the communication I need or want? So the first thing is, are you with the right provider? The second thing is, are you in the right fund? So this is things like, if you are, if you've got more than ten years to accessing your money, and you're sitting in a conservative fund, which is not, um, not necessarily or does not have the exposure to volatile share markets that more aggressive funds have, this may or may not be in your best interest. So it's a good idea or good benchmark is to have a look at sort of where your life stage is. So again, that one that I spoke about, one to five, five to ten, ten plus. Um, so that's an important that's an important thing. Am I in the right fund? Uh, again, reflecting on fees. You know, d- does everything does everything here fit together? Am I paying the right amount for the service? Am I getting? And then obviously having a look at those future projections and seeing you know how you know where we are. And those future projections can be really good in terms of keeping your eye on the horizon. Because as I said, you know, this markets go up and down as we all know right now. Um, and you know, if you're just looking every week or so, you can lose that line of sight, and that 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 big balance at the end actually gives you sort of a better idea up and down. When I did my hygiene check, I always go and reflect where I am on the sorted calculator to make adjustments up and down. And I must just say what was really cool on my last visit to sorted, and I don't know if they did this before, but it's the first time I noticed it, is you can actually plot all the way to retirement, including when you draw down for your house, if you're going to draw down with your house. So you actually get a graph that shows how you grow towards building your, you know, buying your house, then it drops down because you draw it out and what that would look like at retirement. So it gives you really this full picture that I just I just think is so empowering. So those are really what I would do when in terms of a hygiene check. Again, like Sorted is a free resource. The fact that they do that and just set it up on a graph, so grateful. <laughs> yes, yeah. I must say, I must for me, if it wasn't for Sorted, I still don't know if I'd have my Kiwi. So just putting that out there, it really, really helped me to understand. Yeah. Something I am so appreciative of about this chat and how you're so transparent about starting it, you know, what some would say a little bit later at 40, because, you know, you move to a new country. Is it ever too late to start looking at your retirement fund? No. And this is a very important message. No, it's not. It's easier when you start younger because there's not the same degree of perceived pressure. Okay. So yeah, if you can start younger, start younger. But if you are if you're older and like me, you've gone through a massive life event that has put me back to, to zero because I've come from a country with a very weak currency, high tax brackets, and my husband and my collective savings of nearly 40 years, because we'd each been saving aggressively for about 20, got us a deposit on a small place. So we've, we've got a mortgage, we've got a small little house, and we're starting from zero with our Kiwi Saver at 40. There was one of two ways you can approach that. You can be, oh my word, I'm 40. Uh, 
where you can be, oh my word, I'm 40, yay. And the you start when you can start, as soon as you can start. And if you're starting later, any retirement savings is good retirement savings. Please don't be despondent because you've waited and you've heard all this stuff. If you don't start at 20, the bottom of the ship's going to fall out. It's not. That's the big thing. Sonia, to just give a demonstration or illustration of, you know, just how making the smallest of change can really have an impact on a on your long term. What I've done is I used the sorted calculator and I worked out a few assumptions that may or that may be of interest. So I took some I took a woman who's 35 years of age and according to recent research done by the retirement commission the approximate value of KiwiSaver at that point is 19,000. I said at that age it would be in a growth fund. I inputted these variables and I came out with some interesting things that I'd like to share. So the lowest you contribute to KiwiSaver is 3% and your employer generally contributes 3%. So if you are contributing 3% to your KiwiSaver at 65, when you retire, you can expect to get $232,000. If you change that by just 1%, so you make it 4% instead of 3%, you can anticipate to get $267,000, which if you have a look at that is about over $33,000 more. And if you keep it that 4% and you just add $10 a week, on top of that, you can come out at retirement at $285,000, which is effectively $50,000 more than if you just contribute at the three at the 3%. And these are really small tweaks. So with making these small tweaks, you can really make a big difference. With that being said, what would your top three steps be for our listeners so they can start taking charge of their retirement funds? The first one, and it goes back to that conversation we were having about you being 16 and, and taking out KiwiSaver <laughs> because your dad said it was a good idea. The first thing is whenever you take up any investment product, but let's focus on KiwiSaver and retirement products, know the product you're taking up. So what do I mean by that? Know what fund you are in. That goes to that whole thing that we spoke about, different types of funds. Know what fund you're in. Know your time horizon. Spend time on sorted. So these are the big things. The first step I would like to say is spend time getting to know your fund. Once you, get, once you have a really good idea of what's happening in your fund, take that time to reflect on your goals and not only your retirement goals, your wider financial goals. You know, I, like I said, I like to do it a year, but it's very important, you know, spending that time at least once a year going through your plan and making sure that you're on track. And then the third actionable step I want to leave with everybody listening in is start. It doesn't matter your age, start. KiwiSaver in New Zealand is such a fantastic product that allows you to draw down for your first house. It allows you in extreme hardship to be able to access your money and it um, it can really be a bedrock for your retirement as it is for mine. With the FMA, I know you guys are going to run a campaign soon in June about KiwiSaver and breaking more stigma and just getting... Um, like breaking down those misconceptions further in the media so it reaches more people. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, our annual KiwiSaver statements campaign runs alongside when people will get their KiwiSaver annual statement. And what it does is it supports people with 
having a look at those statements and actionable steps on what to do with your statement. Now, I know this year people, you know, this year is being a rough financial year for a lot of people and contributing more just might not be feasible for a lot of people. So one of the tips we look at is things like reviewing your fund. You know, are you in the right fund and having a look at your fees? And and those are real actionable things you can look at. And then the whole idea of contributing more, but it doesn't have to be a huge contribution amount. I mean, we're talking $10 a week or, you know, really small amounts make that big difference. So our KiwiSaver campaign is really about looking at your statements, engaging with your statements, and just making sure you are on the right financial journey. Do you have any tips for people who are kind of struggling with that overwhelm? Yes. Oh, and thank you for asking this because the big thing, and I'm going to I'm going to limit it down to the area that I talk about, but it's really something that is applicable across everything. We are so bombarded with negativity, and you might get your KiwiSaver balance and see that your your fund hasn't grown to the degree that you want to. And because we're so overwhelmed with negativity, we have a profound desire to act. A lot of people. So, you know, we want to do something because it's, you know, it's just so negative. And one of the big things or two big things rather that is really good to do in times of, I'm going to say financial negativity. And with that, I'm just, you know, the whole wider world and your finances at the moment. The first thing to do is not to panic. And this is very important in the investing world. We saw in March 2020, people panicked in their KiwiSaver, switched their KiwiSaver, locked in losses. The first thing is honestly not to panic. Markets rise, markets fall, stay the course. And the second thing for me, and was is very important to me as Tammy, because I am really rotten at this, is doom scrolling. I love to reinforce my own negative bias, okay? So for me, in order to keep in order to keep myself from completely falling apart and you know being able to sort of engage with the world without thinking, oh my word, it's going to hell in a handbag, I I honestly detox. So I am going through a process now where I'm not, I used to check the news like four times a day. Who does that? I am going through this process of not engaging with with um, you know a lot of news. I'm getting, I'm looking at basically the headlines and that is it to preserve my own sanity at the moment. And I think to disengage is not to be, it's not to be unengaged. I think it's very important to say I've made an active decision that for my own mental well-being, I am not spending my time reinforcing the negative, the negative side of my thoughts. Uh, so, so those are so, so that's very important, and that can apply in money. I've stopped checking my KiwiSaver all the time. I'm doing it on an annual basis. I'm trying to move away from reinforcing my own negativity. But for me, I'm exactly like you. Like I get overwhelmed super easily. So even with my investments and like I guess my money check-in, I've I do that every quarter. I have a date set for it and I like to be a little bit more disciplined in that way because I'm an emotional person in general and I naturally just am a little bit more impulsive. So it's important to set boundaries, people. Uh, and that's actually very interesting because it ties into something around a, a, a function of KiwiSaver. Here's the thing with KiwiSaver. KiwiSaver is locked until you're 65 or until you've bought your first home. Now, not going to get into the debate around this, but for me 
personally, that locking in is an incredibly good thing. If there's a slab of chocolate in my house, I don't care if I put myself into a semi-diabetic coma, I will eat the whole thing, all right? Because it's there, it's available. And I'll have all sorts of justifications for it. The chocolate is in the shop. It's not in my house. I don't see it. I don't register it. I know it's there, but it's far away. It's the same thing. I can be honest with my money experience. If I could access my KiwiSaver whenever, I would withdraw from it for things that I perceived as being good investments. And I know that about myself. So the fact that it's locked away really, really helps me. It, Like we said, it is possible to access it under extreme financial hardship and also for your first home. But generally, the lock-in for me is Definitely. a good thing. And hey, that's not a bad thing. Like, we're not bad people for having those impulses. <laughs> Maybe with the pre-diabetic <laughs> thing. Uh separate conversation (laughs) but um no I think my favorite money tip that I give is like kind of hiding your savings account like once you've set up your um, auto payments towards those accounts you know you're paying yourself first like there's no reason that you need to be able to see them on your banking app um so that was one of the best things that I have ever done this has been such an incredible episode. I know our community is going to love this and I especially appreciate the fact that these tips can be universal. So no matter where you're listening from, those actionable steps you can do so with within your own country. Thank you again, Tammy, for your time and for coming on the show. Oh, no. And thank you. Thank you, Sonia. And thank you for everything that you guys are doing just to build such a positive saving money and investing culture among women in general I think it's just awesome and I look forward I really look forward to to um, catching up in the future also another shout out to shop back for being our exclusive podcast sponsor for the rest of the season the link is in the show notes below so you can start getting cash back while you shop win-win if you ask us for more gti we're at girls that invest on all of our socials um again except twitter where we're girl that invests because um the handle was taken (laughs) don't forget to join our facebook group where we have weekly discussions on the episodes that we put out and for more of a community feel and as always our disclaimer Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, bye team, see you next week.